Okay, Dafka Kufiud Gimel on the bottom of Kufiud Beis Amud Beis second line from the bottom. Amar Ravina, we're continuing on the halachas. We're discussing about being masbin someone to bezin when they come and when they don't come and we put them in cherem. So this is Ravina. Amar Ravina, Yavina Zimna Apumad Isisav Apumad Shivivi. If you have the shliach bezin comes to be masbin someone to bezin and they can't seem to find the guy, he doesn't seem to be home right now, so they can leave a message. Uh, so how do you leave a message? You can leave a message either with his wife or with even a neighbor. Isisa is his wife or a woman. Even though they're not officially shliche bezdin, but that's good enough. And then if we see that the man doesn't show up to bezdin at the proper time, then we can put him in cherem by assuming he's being married. Because we can assume, says the Gemara, oh, the less of Masa. That's if the person is out of town. If he's out of town, so you can leave the message with his neighbor, with his wife. Of if he's in town, loy. Then we cannot rely on his neighbors to give him the message. Damrinon, because we have to assume that these non-official shlich ebezdin, Amar, loy amrule, could be they didn't tell him. Damri, they'll think, ashkechinu shlich ebezdin, amrule. So they'll say, look, why do I have to, yeah, thank you, I'll get the message to him. But then you assume, if you're not an official shlich ebezdin, that eventually the shlich ebezdin will find the guy and give him the message himself. In which case, we cannot necessarily rely on a woman or his wife, or a neighbor, to give the message, if there's a reason we can assume that they did not properly give the message. Also, let's say the guy is out of town. Okay, so he's out of town, so the, when they know, Mustam the Sheikh Bezdin did not find him, so when they come back, when the, when the, when the Nidran comes back, they will tell him this message. But, if his way back to town, he has to pass by the Bezdin, literally physically pass by the Bezdin, then again, they'll assume that the Sheikh Bezdin found this person on the way back into town, and therefore they told him then as well. Also, that's only if he's coming back today. If he's not coming back for a few days, then it could be this woman, this neighbor, forgot to give him the message. So basically what we're saying is that you can rely on them, but only if it's very, very immediate and very, very sure. A regular Sheikh Bezdin, a real Sheikh Bezdin, of course, that's his job. But we assume he's going to get the job done and what it is, whenever it is, whatever it is. And you can rely that the message got to the person, and then if he still doesn't show up to Bezdin, that's when we say we put him in Kherim, etc. Amarava. If they write on him a shtar cherem for putting someone in cherem, because he did not come to Bezdin at all, and they put up the Pashkabil, and that's it, he's in cherem. So how do you get it removed? It's not enough that he tells us, I'm going to come. He has to actually show up. Until he actually shows up, you don't rip up the cherem. If he came to Bezdin, and then we paskened against him, and he refused to listen to the Psak, and then you put him in Cherem, then also, until he actually now pays the money, whatever it is that we paskened against him, we do not rip up the Shtar. says, that last point we disagree with. If he says, I'm going to pay, that's good enough. It could be he's not paying now immediately because he doesn't have the money. He has to go with, make a withdrawal from the bank, whatever it is. That could delay. But in terms of him not coming to Bezdin at all, then he has no excuse. And therefore, until he actually comes to Bezdin, we do not rip up the Shtar Cher. Amrav Chista, how do we mazmin someone to Bezdin? So, so you invite him to come to Bezdin on a certain Monday. If he doesn't come, then Zimna Basar Zimna. Then you invite him for Thursday. If he doesn't come Thursday, you invite him the next Monday. So he has three opportunities to come to Bezdin. He's, again, making sure the Shliach gets them, etc. And he's aware. 
Ulamachar, he wait for him the whole second Monday, and then the next morning, Tuesday morning, Kasvina. That's when you write the star against him, that three times we invited him to come to Bezdin, and he didn't show up, and therefore you write the star against him. Rev Asi, or some of the gears just changed it to Rev Ashi, Iklabeir of Kahana. He went to visit Rev Kahana. Chazi, he used to say, Azmin and Adina, Bapanya, they invited her, he gave her a summons to come to Bezdin on one day. But Safra, Kasla Pisca, the next morning already, they wrote for her a. They put her into Cherub. We give her at least three opportunities to come to Bezdin. So why are you putting her in Cherub immediately? I'm like, yeah, right. If the person's busy, he's coming from business, and he's not in town, and that's why he skips out on the first two opportunities to come to Bezdin on Mondays and Thursdays, okay, so we'll give him an extra chance. This generally woman, or this particular woman, that she's here and available. And she didn't come to Bezdin, then my red Then already from the first time, we already know she's refusing to come. There's no reason to wait for any more. She's in this. We had this earlier. If the person says, I'm not coming... I'm not coming. Fine. Then, then you accept the consequences immediately. No. The Gemara learns that the Mefarshim learns when it says Zimna bus or Zimna means you invite him Monday. If he doesn't yeah. come Monday, then next morning you invite him for Thursday. Correct. You don't summon people to Bezdin. Not during the busy seasons. And ne- well, we would say tax season, right? But during, during Nisan and Tisha, or people are busy in the fields, when they're harvesting, etc., working in the fields, you don't invite people too busy then. We would say because they're busy for Yontif, but also, whatever it is, you don't invite people to Bezin during those months. And Loi Mimali Yumatuva, not an Arab Yontif either. People are busy Arab Yontif. Loi Mali El Shabbat, not an Arab for Shabbos. Avami Nisan, the Basu Nisan, if you want to send them the summons in Nisan to come in ER, if you want to send them in Tishrei to come in Cheshvan, Kavina, that's no problem. You can send them the summons during those months, but you're not going to have the actual Bezdin going on during those months. But don't send the summons to arrive on Erev Shabbos at all. My time, huh? But if the Shabbos start, then he's very, very busy, Erev Shabbos, and you know, you'll give it to him in the shulk, he'll put it in his pocket, he'll forget about it, and therefore you don't send the summons on Erev Shabbos even to come the next Monday. People used to come to the Shear on Shabbos. People used to come to the Shear before Yontif, that they would uh, learn about the Hilchas Yontif, whatever they were learning. So you say, have a problem. If you're going to start handing out summons and subpoenas when people come to Shear, they're not going to come to the Shear. Because that's when they know, Bezin is trying to find him, when can I catch this guy? Well, I know he always comes to the Shear on Friday, on Shabbos afternoon. He's at the Daf Shear, so we'll, we'll give him a, a subpoena at the Daf Shear. He's just going to stop coming to the Shear. So we don't want to do that. Like Bezdin would appoint by Rav Nachman, they said we want to give out summonses by the Shir. Did I uh, gather all these people together so that Bezdin could be able to give summons and subpoenas? No, I gathered them together to be able to give a Shir. And if you start giving out subpoenas at the Shir, no one's going to come to the Shir. But in the Dikramai Hashinan, but if the nowadays where it's very hard to find these people, and the only time you're ever going to see them is when they come to Shul and Yom Kippur, then you can give out the subpoena on Yom Kippur as well, that's fine. Continuing the Mishnah. 
The Mishnah said, We had two ways to read that in the Mishnah. We had the Bryce's version we brought from Ravashia that it was talking about Nechosim that actually were Karka that the father left over, then he would have a Shibut on that Karka. And then we had quoted Rebbe and his son of Shimon saying that the other version going around Rachama that it's referring to Nechosim that actually people can recognize. And that was more fit actually into the gears of our Mishnah. And the Mishnah brings that here again. Masnei Rebbe Lev Shimon Brei, Loi Davashesh Brechayis Mamish, doesn't mean things which have a Chayis which be Karka or something like that. And I feel part of a Chayish fight. If it's an animal, and it's a stolen animal that the father left over for the children, and everybody sees it, and because he, he's using it in the field, it's a donkey, and he's using it to schlep. That's what didn't cover avim that you have to return this, and keep it You have to return it anyways, because people can see. So, what if it's the two examples we gave are two examples of things people use out of their house? Right? What if it's something that people use in their house? He stole a bed, and the people are sleeping on the bed. Shulchan v'alcholah. And it's a shulchan that they eat, the dining room table. Now, do we say that that's not, not an issue, because no one's going to see it? Or do we say, no, people stop, come to the house to visit, and he's going to see a stolen table that belonged to somebody else. So how do we look at that? Like the Pasuk Mishnah says, we have to just give you a couple of examples, and you'll figure out the rest. And therefore this also, any type of thing which anybody could see, even if it's not outside in public per se, but something that people could see, maybe if it's something really hidden, then maybe not. But if it's something that people could see, that would be also a gather of Kibra of Aim, that even if they're not Mechuyiv Be'etzem, they should return the stolen object. People shouldn't say the father was a gust. This now makes us a, a left turn to other halachas of Gezela. Says the Mishnah. So if you have coins and you want to change, you have a big coin, you want to break it down to smaller coins. Or if you have smaller coins, you want to change it for a big coin. So you go, who has the money? Okay, well, the tax collector's in town. And the tax collector has a lot of coins because he's collecting money from everybody. So I want to go to him to be my banker and just swap some money for him. It's easy. You're not allowed to do that from a Mechzit. Because we assume the meiches is a gazlin. We assume that the taxes that he's taking are stolen. Why? The Gemara is going to discuss that. But assuming they're stolen property, we don't want you doing business with stolen property. There's something called a gabai, gabai of also some tax collector of the king. He also has the same issue. He's collecting money in some sort of illegal fashion. We'll see in the Gemara. And therefore, you're not allowed to use him to be your personal banker. And if they want to give tzedakah, you can't. You're not supposed to take stolen money for tzedakah. If you meet this guy and he gives you money, not from the kupa of the tax money, but from his own money that he has at home, or you see him doing business in the shuk with his own personal money, that you're allowed to take, you're allowed to take stock from him, or you're allowed to change money from him, that's fine. It's only from the illegal money that we don't let you do it. Tana, however, very important point, if you want to go ahead and pay him your own 50 shekel for taxes, and you only have 100 so you want to give him 100 and take change that you're allowed to do. Right? It's not that you're not allowed to take the money from him at all. Taisa says, why? Look in Taisa. And part of the Rabbanan says, Taisa, the Amri Stam Gzela, Lavi Yish, Bailim, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Asi Shaper. So there's no Yish, so the guy stole the money. But we call Makam Katani, the Nice and Dinavi Hixeloi, Hashar, Hoyle, Enya, Dua, Babir, Shem Geza. We don't know for sure this is stolen money. Since we don't know for sure it's stolen money, we're not going to sell the Machman in all cases. You should avoid it. But if you have to give him money and get change, that you're allowed to do. And continues Taisa, Reb Shimon, Nami, Dummer, Stam Gzela, have a Yish by them. So says the opposite. If you hold that Stam Gzela is Yish, so when he stole it, it's Yish by them, and now he's giving it to you, it's Shini Rishus. So why are you not allowed to take this money? 
I mean, obviously, it's, it's someone else's money, but it's already gone. It's the it's their issue to pay it back, not yours. Because Malcolm says, Tyson's ain't part of Mishim should dover megunahu. It's just not appropriate. The teva vekis miuchelas hasiyasham gzela shalahem v'darkishol koshol aniachsham. You should not be doing business with a stolen property. So it might be a real iser of stolen property, but it's only a suffix. or it could be it's not a real iser, but it's a dover meguna, and therefore we want you to avoid. In fact, the Gemara, this is the famous Sugyo, what's the problem with collecting taxes? Why is this considered stolen money? We're talking about a Jewish tax collector. We have a no, we have a rule, Shmuel says in all of Shas, the Chazal made a takona, could be the Raisa, could be the Rabbonin, the Chazal made a takona, that we live in a society, the Chayshin Mishpat Halachas that that society has approved are the Halacha. And therefore, if the king says that this person can collect a certain amount of taxes, or he's the tax collector, and that's the way he used to work in those days, in those days someone would come to the king, pay the king $100,000 a year, and then he'd be able to collect the taxes from a certain area. And whatever he collected above $100,000, that he gets to keep. So if that's the case, it's Dina Damachus Adina. And therefore that money is not gzela, that money is legitimate. If it's legitimate, what's the halach of the Mishnah? I'll do business with such a person. So the world is going to offer a few, uh, a few possibilities why we would not say over here Dina Demachus Adina. The only time you say Dina Demachus Adina is when it's a fixed amount. When it's a fixed amount that you're supposed to collect a certain amount per head or a certain amount per square meter of your field, whatever it is, it's a fixed amount, then it's Dina Demachus Adina. When it's not a fixed amount and the guy's just a bully and he can collect whatever he feels like and each person he beats them up until he takes what he feels like, that's not Dina Demachus Adina. Right? That might be what actually practically happens, but that's not Dina the Machus Adina, and therefore that would not fall into that category, and therefore it would be considered Gezela. What if he's not appointed by the king at all? That's also not Dina the Machus Adina. He's just a local gangster collecting protection money. That is clearly not Dina the Machus Adina. The more says, those two appro- t- uh, examples where there's no halacha of Dina the Machus Adina. Some people say that whole discussion in the context of the following halacha. So people would dress up, right, they would dress up to avoid having to pay taxes. They would dress up as a poor person or dress up as someone from out of the neighborhood or whatever it is. You would dress up to avoid paying taxes. And one, what if the thing you were dressing up as was shatness? So now you're not wearing it as a real beggar. You're just putting it on top of all your begodim. So that's really not 100% can be considered like shatness. Says the price, so you're not allowed to. But, this point is actually machlaikis. You're not allowed to put on the klayim, in this case, to avoid paying taxes. You are allowed. What's the machlaikis? So, the question of whether you're allowed to wear a klayim or not is It's just a question of if you're putting it on, not for warming yourself up, not for actually being begotten, you're putting it on just for the purpose of dressing up to avoid paying taxes, is that considered an iser klayim or not? Fine. But everybody, nobody seems to be discussing the point that you're trying to avoid paying taxes. Why? And if you have to pay taxes, so why are you focusing only on the issue of whether it's shotness or it's not shotness? Why don't you focus on the issue is that you're trying to cheat the tax collector? And on that, we had the same two terutsim. We're talking about a boichas. Which collects whatever he wants, in which case it's not Kelech from Dinah Demachusadina. But the Rabbi Yadav, who is not necessarily appointed by the king. 
another application of this discussion. Says, if you have people come to collect money from you, either gangsters, or they're trying to beat you up, or they're trying to kill you, and you're trying to, they're trying to extort money out of you. So you can make a neder, that's a lie. You can make a neder that this money that they found in your house is not yours. This is Tzedakah money, this belongs to the king, this belongs to the shul, anything that they'll not touch that money, because they won't take the money unless it's your money. So you can make a nether, a false nether, that to these people, to avoid having to pay them. How you allow to lie and not have to pay taxes? That it's not Dina de Mechusadina if he's not appointed by a king, it's not Dina de Mechusadina if it's not a fixed, uh, organized amount. Now the Gemara brings in a third answer. <coughs> Another possible answer to all these questions is what if the tax collector is a guy? And if he's a guy, then even though there might be a lach of Dina de Mechusadina, but stealing from a guy is not necessarily such a big deal. Says the Gemara, the Sani, Yisrael, Kanani, Anashabarladid, if you have a Yisrael, and a Kanan and a Goy. In all these cases where it says Kanani, obviously the, the censor changed it to Kanani from Goy or Nachri or whatever it was. So whenever Yisrael and a Goy come to Bezdin, Shabal Udin, and to a Jewish Bezdin, So if Mishpat, you can find a Sif and Shulchan Aruch that will make the Yisrael win, then use the Sif and Shulchan Aruch. That's the halacha, and sorry, that's Jewish law. This guy won. If the Jewish law actually works against the Israel, but you find some secular law which could support the Jews' opinion, then then you say, sorry, it's the law of the land. He's potter because of the secular law. And if not, if not, if that doesn't work, then you try to find all kinds of ways to, to make the Jew win. You, you, you set it up this way, you delay the case, you try to work it out, you, you do anything you can so he does not have to pay the guy the money, even though he really owes the guy the money. Akiva throws in another point, though. He said he shouldn't do the Akifin business if it's going to create a Chil Hashem that people are going to know and talk about that Jews are stealing Goyesha money. But, even Rabbi Akiva, the only reason he says it's Osir is a Chil Hashem issue. You're allowed to go ahead and avoid paying the guy at all costs. So it sounds like, says... Ravashi, that stealing from a guy in this case would be fine, and therefore forget the Nidah Machusadina. If the tax collector himself is a guy, then you don't have to pay him at all. If you can get out of it in any of these ways, that's fine. Zimmer, really? The Gezel Kanani Mishari? You're allowed to steal from a guy? When he came from a city called Zafirin, how do we know Gezel Kanani Zafirin? Because the Pasuk says in Parshish Bar. I'll read the context of the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, If you have a Yid who is unfortunately a hard luck, and he ends up being sold as an Evid to a guy. Okay, so you want to get it. You don't want him living by the guy. That's clear. He's going to end up not being able to do mitzvahs, etc. We'll see what that's referring to. So it's a mitzvah on another yid, like pigeon shvuri kind of halacha, to get him out from being an evid by the guy. And the Pasuk says, and Pasuk Nun, So you make this entire chesh, chesh, but how to do it. Why do you make a chesh, why don't you just go and break him out? 
clearly the Pasik says, Achre Nimkar Gula Tialoi, Shaloyim Shekhen You can't just go and break him out and take him away Shaloy Kedin from the guy. You're not allowed to steal from a guy. So if that's the case, maybe you should allow the guy to just, since the guy knows you're doing pigeon shuim over here, he's going to double and triple and quadruple the price. You only have to pay him what the fair price is. Fine. But you see, says Rebekiva, that you're not going to just go and you know, send, in, uh, send in a special unit and rescue the Yid from the guy. You have to pay him. So you see, Gezel Agoy is also. So what's this whole Gemara that if it's a Geisha tax collector, you don't have to pay him? You see, Rebekiva said, Gezel Goy is also. Yosef, Yosef first says maybe Are we talking about a guy who keeps the Sheva Mitzvahs or doesn't keep the Sheva Mitzvahs? If it's a guy who does not keep the Sheva Mitzvahs he's an Ovid of steal whatever you want. If it's a good Pasuk when it's talking about the Chanel steal it's talking about someone who keeps the Sheva Mitzvahs. What are you talking about? The the nature of that parasha that we just talked about clearly says we're talking about even a guy who doesn't keep the Sheva Mitzvahs. Because the Pasuk over there, the Gemara we had, says in Kedushin, we had an Erechen, says that we're talking about in the context of someone who doesn't keep Hilcha Shemitah, and then he's Medar there from there. He goes down from there from not keeping Hilcha Shemitah. He goes from from Avera to Avera to Avera. And it says, He's not going to be sold to a Jewish person. He'll be sold to a non-Jewish. Jewish person. Not just to a Ger Tzedek when it talks about Ger. He's going to be sold to a Goy. He's going to be sold to someone who's not keeping the Sheva Mitzvahs. And Kishuaymer, when the Pasuk says, He's going to be sold to work in a church mamish. And therefore, it's clear from the Pasuk that the person this Jew is being sold to is not a Ger Toshav. He's even a Ger Mamish. So you see clearly that even there, the Pasuk says, you're not allowed to steal from him. So if Yosef's chilek is not true, to steal from a guy, you're not allowed to. To not pay back a loan, that you could. So not paying taxes is considered not paying back a loan. But to go mamish and steal, that you're not allowed to do. Over here, it's just He's supposed to be working for him, and you're not letting him work for him. You're, you're taking him out, so he doesn't have to work. Why is that called directly stealing him? So every even by an every by an for sure, you own the goof of the evid. Rav says we see from over here that every also you own his goof, and therefore breaking him out in, from from the goyisha house, it's called stealing from the guy. It's not just preventing the guy from working with him; it's actually stealing the goof of the evid. And, and that's what the word is coming out. That kafas alvasai is going to be mutter, and therefore not paying the taxes. If you can get out of it in some way that doesn't make a chil Hashem, then it's okay. And he's mashma that even Akavas Avosoy would be Osir, but Avedosoy Mutares. If you find the lost object of a goy, that you don't have to return. You can swallow them up. What does that mean? He says, When Klai Yisrael is Bitfartoi, we have a Besam Yiddish, we have a Sanhedrin, fine, then all the Goyim are Meshub at us. But Nebuch, when we're in Golis, and that's not the case, then the Torah says, You're not allowed to take from a guy. They're in charge. You're not in charge. And he's Mashri, even our Kafas Avase would be Osir. But if you find the lost object that you know belongs to a guy, you don't have to necessarily return it. Why? The Pasuk says, And we darshan, You don't have to return it to a guy. 
Maybe that just means we have a locha by a yid, that you have to go pick it up. Maybe by a guy, you don't have to go pick it up. But once you pick it up, if you already picked it up, maybe then you do have to return it to the guy. No, the Pesach says, So it's not just a locha returning it, it's a locha of... Not just Allah and going to find it. Allah, even if you find it, you don't have to go return it. And over there it says Achicha, the Asiliyadi Mashwa. So therefore you don't have to return the lost object of the guy. Again, when there's a Khil Hashem, then you would still have to deal with that. Tanya Pinchas bin Yarimir, but Makam Shekhila Hashem, a filabida sasa. If there's a khil Hashem, even Aveda, you have to make sure to give it back. Amar Shmuel though, to Usay Mutaris. If he's supposed to be giving you change or you're doing a business deal, and he make the guy makes a mistake. Then you don't have to worry about it. Rashi says because over there there's not going to be a chel Hashem. It's not a chel Hashem if you didn't do it. It's not a chel Hashem if they did it. You're just keeping it. You didn't have to tell them about it. That's not going to be a case of chel Hashem. And if there was a chel Hashem in that case, then Enchami would be usher as well. But right, it's mustam by a tos akum. There would not be a question of chel Hashem. What's examples of this? He went to buy something from a guy. Okay, and it turns out that it would look like it was gold, but really it wasn't. Or maybe it was gold and, and it was really looked like copper. So it was, it was, he got it, he got the better deal. And Vidal Zuzi Vavle Chad Zuzi, and he ended up only having paid three instead of four. So he gave him all the money. So two mistakes happened. First of all, he bought something that the guy thought was copper, but really was gold. That's A. And B, instead of paying four, he paid three. But he didn't do it on purpose. None of this happened on purpose. It was the guy's mistake. Guy's mistake. You're fine. If kana zavim ikusi, mea vi esim chavita, bemea. Va'avle chazuza. A, the guy didn't count right. It was 100, 120 instead of 100. But that's not my mistake. It's his mistake. And they ended up paying him a zuz less. Also, it's the guy's mistake, not my mistake. He even said to the guy, I'm not counting it. I'm, I'm assuming you counted everything and everything's right. The guy said, yeah, everything's fine. Then I don't have to worry about it. Ravina Zavan Dikla they him and a kusi together, him and a guy together, bought a tree to chop down for firewood. Okay, so you, how do you figure out how you split up the tree? You count the number of branches. Okay, so there's 100 branches in the tree. Each one of us will cut down 50. He said to his servant, Go get from that side of the tree where the branches are thicker. So Kusi, Minyana Yada, right? The Kusi knows how many branches there are, but he's not keeping track of which are the thicker ones and which are the thinner ones. So that's like, that's his mistake. He let me do it. I could take the thicker branches. That would also be called Tosak. He was traveling the road. He saw. A piece of geffen, wild geffen seemed to be, growing in a pardes. And there were some grapes hanging on it. Go see who owns this field. If it's just a geisha field, take me the grapes, I'm hungry. The kusi was sitting in his field and he heard this. See what? The guy heard this. He said, what? You're trying to steal from me? I'm like, the kusi, shari, you stop You think you could steal from this field because it's a geisha field? No. Rashi, you misunderstood. And Tyson said, this is really what he meant in the first place. Because the whole sugi has been very clear that gzelas kusi is also. So he clearly wasn't meaning to steal. It was the opposite. Kusi shakal dummy. You saw the shakal dummy. If it's a geisha field, then he'll let me pay for it. If it's a Jewish field, and I'm walking over here in the thing, so I'm the Rosh Hashiv over here, then I can let me pay. And they're going to tell me to take it for free. I don't want to take it for free. So if it's a Goyish field, then I can pay for it, then I'm willing to take it. If it's a Jewish field, then they can make it, they're not going to let me take money, pay money for it, then I don't want to take it. It's the opposite. But of course, Gezo Goy is awesome. 
Guf Amar Shmuel Dina the Mechusa Dina. Amar Rav, I'll prove to you that we can rely that when the, when the king takes taxes in a normal fashion, that that's legal. Why? The king comes, he chops down trees from people's fields without asking, he builds bridges with those trees, and we go on the, we go on the bridges. If it was all stolen property, we wouldn't be able to be used these bridges. And the fact that we go on the bridges must be the halacha called Dina Maybe that's Yush already. Well, if he, the king took it and he's Miyayish, now it does not necessarily Shini Rashus over here or Shini Hashem because it's just putting boards across a river. Rashi does not necessarily a Shinoi, but maybe it's a Yush issue. Right? It would just be Yush by itself. That would not be enough of a reason. Must be Dina the Mukhusadina is the heter for us to go on these bridges. But still. You made very clear in Amad Aleph that Dina Mechus and Dina only applies when it's reasonable and based on specific laws. But we know the collectors don't do what the king says. The king says specifically each field is supposed to donate two trees to build the bridge. They take all the trees from one field. So that's not what the king wanted. So if it's not what the king wanted, we're back to our question. It's not Dina Mechus and Dina. And Shukha the Malka is Kamalka. No. The king is when the king makes his rules. He tells the person who's actually collecting, "Do whatever you want." He's just lazy. The owners of the field are fools over here. They lost the money themselves. What they should have said is in, the, in, the, in this neighborhood where they took the trees from. Oh, Ruvain said Ruvain lost ten fields to the ten trees to the king. Fine, I'm going. Ruvain should now go and collect one tree on his own from each of his neighbors because they're each supposed to donate a tree. But that's not illegal. The king actually says to the collector, "You're supposed to get one from each person. If you don't want to, you want to just be lazy and cut down ten of Ruvain trees. You can do that, and then it's up to Ruvain and his neighbors to work it out. But it still falls into the category of doing the course of dinner." The same halacha would apply as well. If the tax collector comes to the gorin, he comes to the to the farm to collect the grain. Now, everyone's supposed to have their grain there, but they're not. And everybody already took their grain. The only grain left there is Ruvain's. Okay, so he takes Ruvain's. So months of the Malka, uh, and therefore he can pay, and he can then go collect back from everybody else who is supposed to have their grain there and contribute. That's if they're all partners. If he's not a partner in the field, he's an Aris, which means he's just getting a percentage for working, then he doesn't have to contribute and help with everybody else's everybody else's tax payments, and therefore the, you, that is not Dina Demokhusuddin to collect from him. It is Dina Demokhusuddin to collect from one Shutta for all the rest of them, but not from an Aris. Vyamarava, Barmasa, Barmasa, Mivet. If you can take a mashkin from one person to the other person. So Ruben's not home. You could take, they could take a mashkin from Shimon for Ruben's taxes. Vani Mili, the Bala, the Argivikarga. That's if it's either the head tax or the real estate tax. Daishasa from this year. Of Ashasa, the Chalif, if they're collecting back taxes from last year, since the king already got his money, so that they can force the person himself to pay. But the rules are, they're not allowed to go then collect it from the neighbors. When it's this year's taxes, you can tell the neighbors, you pay and collect from him because he's not home, he's trying to hide from me. But last year's taxes, you can't do that. No, these are just the laws of the land, and therefore if they don't follow these laws, it's not.
not going to be the end of the Kosudina. Vyamarava, Hani the Dari the Dari Batchum. If you have people, this is another Allah of living with Kaim. If you have people who live in the Tchum, so also Likahmem, you're going to have a hard time buying animals from these people. My time, if you have a guy who lives around here and he has a huge herd of sheep and you want to buy some sheep over from him, you don't know if those are all his sheep. It could very well be that the neighbor's sheep came and the guy just steals them all. And then again, you're buying stolen property. So you have to avoid it. If he's out in the, out in the fed desert somewhere, then because you don't have to assume that he has any stolen property. But if the owners are chasing afterwards, even if he lives out in the desert, then you have, you have my stolen goods. I feel would be also, even then would be usher because we have to assume you're maybe buying stolen property. Okay, we'll stop here. Uh, good and